Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Uh, Professor Alan Jerswitz, he's been on the show a couple of times before. It's been a really long time. Delighted to have him back, and I think his uh, uh, latest book is a great topic for us today. Uh, he, this is his 50th book, is my understanding. Uh, he's been involved in some of the biggest legal cases of the last 50 years, uh, was the youngest uh, tenured professor in the uh, law, law school at Harvard. And so he just brings a wealth of experience to every interview. Uh, professor Dershowitz, glad to have you back on the program. Uh, a little bit, yes, give us a little you. bit of context. Yeah, glad to have you on. Give us some context about your latest book. Well, first of all, not only was I the youngest professor in Harvard's history, but I was the oldest person ever to argue for a president in front of the United States Senate in an impeachment case. So I have both I have both ends covered, the youngest and the oldest. <laughs> I, and a whole I, bunch, I book, a whole bunch I in between. Book, <laughs> I, I wrote this book largely as a result of my defense of President Trump against an unconstitutional impeachment. Remember, the Constitution requires treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, and he was impeached for abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, which are unconstitutional, not part of the Constitution. As a result of that, just as a result of defending the Constitution on behalf of an unpopular president, in the, certainly in the left, I have been completely canceled. Um, not only have I been canceled, but the people in my town can't hear me because the library is uh, canceled me. They won't allow me to speak. They wouldn't carry my books. Uh, they had 20 of my books in the library before I represented President Trump, but the day I started to defend President Trump, they stopped getting my books. And, uh, you know, they've gone after my wife, they've gone after my children, um, and people wonder why President Trump is having trouble getting a good lawyer for his current defense. Several potential lawyers called me, and after I described what happened to me, they basically said, we don't want to be Dershowitz. We don't want that yeah. to happen to us. Our family won't let them do it. It's just pure McCarthyism, and it's McCarthyism based on my insistence on following my principles, principles I've been following for 50 years. I haven't changed. I haven't departed. I defended communists. I defended Nazis. I defended many Democrats. I came to Martha's Vineyard to help defend Ted Kennedy for driving off the bridge. And But this is the only time I've ever been subjected to this kind of McCarthyite attack. I'll give you a, a very simple example. I'm sitting next to Caroline Kennedy, the daughter of the president, the daughter of the man who wrote Profiles in Courage. Um, they sat her next to me at a dinner party, and she said, if I knew you had been invited, I would not have come to this event, uh, implying that she couldn't be in the same room with somebody who had defended the president of the United States. Look, I would have defended her father uh, as well, um, but you know, the intolerance of the hard left uh, has mm -hmm. been just remarkable. And that's why I wrote the book, The Price of Principle. I want to tell my story. I want to warn people who are principled that if they don't take sides in the partisan war we're now engaged in, they will suffer the same, the same reactions that I've been suffering and my family has. Yeah, yeah. And and by the way, I know that in uh because we talked about this, in two thousand sixteen you uh voted for uh Hillary. You don't even like Trump. He doesn't align with you ideologically or philosophy wise. Right. Now I remind the listener of the American tradition, our second president, John Adams, 
uh, he went and uh, represented British soldiers in the Boston Massacre uh, legal suit against them. That's an American tradition, is to make sure everyone gets vigorous representation, regardless if we yeah. like them or not. Look, Abraham Lincoln did the same thing. Um, uh, Daniel Webster did the same thing. Clarence Darrow did the same thing. Thurgood Marshall did the same thing. But today, those people are not good enough because today you have to pick sides. If you mm -hmm. defend somebody who is British, then you're perceived as being on the side of the, the British Redcoats. Of course, nothing could be further than the truth. Adams was a revolutionary. He strongly supported the American Revolution. As you know, he was on the committee to write the um, Declaration of Independence. But he felt that he had to show the British that Americans can self-govern, and that includes providing people with a, a defense, no matter how serious the crime and how unpopular the defendants. Yeah, and we, we routinely see law cases with serial murderers, even mass killers, and uh, they get vigorous representation. And in the end, uh, you know, during the event, uh, you know, they could get nasty letters and, and that type of thing. I know because I have a friend of mine who's a defense attorney that has seen some of that. But you know what? They continue. They don't get canceled. Life goes on. We assume mass murderers deserve a vigorous uh, uh, defense, well, but not uh, people who we disagree with politically. I'll tell you a good story about that. So I have a friend who's a colleague at Harvard Law School named Ronald Sullivan. He was the first African-American dean of a college at Harvard. And uh, he was a very popular dean. And during his deanship, he represented <clears throat> a Boston, um, a New England Patriot tight end who was accused of a double murder, including really gruesome, gruesome murders. And there was no problem. There was no problem. Nobody objected to it. And then when he, for about a month, agreed to help represent Harvey Weinstein, he was fired. He was mm -hmm. fired because the students said, we feel unsafe. They didn't feel unsafe when he was representing murderers. But political correctness has <clears throat> taken on such an important role that if you defend somebody who is unpopular, uh, like Harvey Weinstein, he gets fired. The same thing with me. I have defended murderers. I've gotten uh, many of them acquitted or their death sentence vacated and there was no concerns about that i've also you know defended people of many many more serious crimes um but uh you know when it came when it came to a president trump that was the end yeah by the way i'm curious i i believe you're still an emeritus professor at harvard which is That's a right. nice way of yeah. saying largely retired though you're still involved uh, have you felt uh, threatened about that? Has that felt like at risk? Have I felt what? I didn't get it. Have you felt like even that relationship is at risk? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, when I was uh, on the market for a teaching job, every major law school in the country was after me. It was a real competitive bid. It was like I was the number one draft choice of the NFL, the NBA. Everybody wanted me to teach. And then I had a distinguished career, uh, wrote, as you know, 50 books, 1,000 articles, and taught at that, you know, 10,000 students. Uh, now I couldn't get a job teaching in a law school almost anywhere in the country um, because I defended Trump. They, they wouldn't allow it. Students would protest. Um, they would, uh, you know, 
prevent me from teaching. Mm-hmm. People and universities today don't want to hear opposing points of view. No. And, you know, I've only gotten better as a teacher, not worse over the 50 years. But nonetheless, I couldn't get a job today uh, teaching in a major law school. I got 15 honorary degrees, haven't gotten one since I defended Trump. I probably spoke at more colleges and universities than almost any academic. I haven't gotten an invitation to speak at a college or university now since I defended Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it would have to be a uh, maybe uh, Regents University. Uh, you know, one of the, the yeah, no, real. I, that's probably true. And you know, yeah. if, if Caroline Kennedy would only go back and read her father's book, Profiles and Courage. Oh um, yeah. I think she would see that essentially I belong in that group because I have shown courage in standing up for the Constitution. Uh, and have suffered enormous consequences for for doing that. One of the people in his in her book is the senator who cast the deciding vote against the uh, removal of Andrew Johnson, who was impeached for an unconstitutional offense. And uh, I think of myself as very much in that tradition. Yeah, you know, and I think you know all of the Bill of Rights. You know, we like the Bill of Rights, and of course. In our current culture, we like some more than others, and that's probably always been the case. Uh, Bill of Rights have lined up, our, and Chuck, let me be more clear, the amendments uh, beyond the first ten uh, as well, uh, you know, they have ideological friends, right? Some liking some more than the others. But the foundation of all the Bill of Rights is the first one, which is free speech. Oh, yeah. And that one yeah, is, uh, forget about it. I mean, we are so much more like the Soviets, old-school Soviets, uh, than we are what well, we were in our own tradition of liberty. Right. Well, I'm wearing a shirt now as I talk to you. It says, Free Speech Makes Free People. And it was sent to me by FIRE. This is an organization that has taken over where the ACLU has left off. The American Civil Liberties Union has become the anti-civil liberties union. They mm-hmm. will do anything to get Trump, and they don't care about the Constitution. Um, they were not involved in challenging the application of the Espionage Act, which they have long challenged. They were not involved in challenging the search uh, of Trump's home. Again, I'm not a Trump supporter. I voted against him twice, and if he runs again, I demand the right to vote against him a third time. He's not my political ally in any way, nor is he anybody I I knew very well. I just defended him like I defended so many other people over the years. But uh, in the current climate, that's enough to get you disqualified. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and it's sad when you look at the ACLU. That's an institution that uh, defended neo-Nazis in Skokie, Illinois. Uh, I was I on mean, the national board. I, I mean, I it's really weird to see uh, where they've gone. Yeah, no, I was on the national board of the ACLU during the period of time that they were taking courageous stands and losing some um, supporters. Now they're an extremely rich organization because most of the money comes from non-civil libertarians who want to get Trump. So they've mm-hmm. become a kind of left-wing, woke uh, organization, a progressive organization, not a civil liberties organization. And tragically, there's a conflict today between progressives on the one hand and civil libertarians on the other. Many progressives don't believe in free speech, don't believe in the Constitution, don't believe in the Bill of Rights. They believe that the ends justify the means in getting Trump is a justifiable end so that any means is permissible. Yeah. And in fact, particularly, I think of the media, media elite, where they behave as though they know better. We can't just give you information. We've got to tell you how to vote, which, by the way, is why 
frankly, I believe, is why Donald Trump won in 2016. Then literally wagging the fingers at people about their choices. By the way, I am so anti-Trump, it's not even funny. You know, and that's part of our problem, right, is that when we talk about this, oh, he's pro-Trump. You know, and, it's, and unfortunately, there's this thing called nuance, and, you know, that has been completely abandoned in our culture. We can't think in terms of nuance. Um, but, uh, you know, and another great example of what you just gave is the Heritage Foundation, which I was involved with in the 80s. I'm, I'm a conservative background-wise. I'm more and more of a liber libertarian, small-l libertarian. Uh, the Heritage Foundation is totally sold out. To, uh, to Donald Trump, and it was financially driven, very similar to ACLU, just different constituents. Yeah, no, I think it's true that uh, financial motivations play too great a role in principle. So does partisanship. And I wrote my book, The Price of Principle, because I want people to get back to a point where they're sticking to their principles, where profiles and courage can be extended to them as well, uh, where Caroline Kennedy... Uh, will sit next to them at, at a dinner, regardless of who they voted for or who they defended. Um, you know, we're, we're going down the road in a dangerous, dangerous direction right now. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I do want to mention uh, Professor Dershowitz's website, ellendershowitz.com. Uh, again, his book, The Price of Principle. And I really believe this is one of the most, if not the most important issue of our times in terms of the problem of wokeness, yeah. uh, the restoration Look. of free speech. I would put up there in the top three, maybe maybe number one, uh, because, again, everything, I... everything else rests on that. Everything else is like a luxury after free speech. Well, without free speech, we can't have the rest of democracy. By the way, I also have a podcast that's on live three days a week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday tonight at 5.30 on, uh, on Rumble and on YouTube. And uh, I, I deal with these issues and with libertarian issues, civil rights issues, etc. And, and, and then I do something called Locals, which every day uh, I put on a, a statement of a couple of minutes about the news of the day. So if you want to hear me, <laughs> there are plenty of opportunities. They try to cancel me. But I'm fighting yep. back. I'm not going to let them cancel me. You well, can't cancel books, although the library tried to. Yeah, I hope you do keep fighting. You know, and I think on the vast majority of issues, you and I disagree probably around 80% of yeah. the time. But we, uh, <laughs> but we agree on the most fundamental ones. Everything else is moot without the right to free speech. I don't think people get that. Everything else is pretty much uh, a joke without the right to free speech. So we both have to keep fighting for that, sir. Final thoughts as we wrap it up from you. Well, my final thought is please uh, not only read my book, The Price of Principle, but live by it. Live by principles. Make sure that you understand what your principles are. And don't let them be distorted by partisanship or financial considerations. We need in this country more courage. We need in this country more nuance, more willingness to speak out in a complex way about complex issues. Look, even on the presidency, I'm against Donald Trump. I think he did a great job in the Middle East. And I'm in favor of Joe Biden. I think he did a terrible job in Afghanistan. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't buy the whole, the whole loaf. I, I look at everything separately. And in, in the price of principle, I tell lots of stories about what's happened to me and other people who've tried to live by principle. And I hope that by people getting the book and reading it, we can help promote principle over partisanship. 
You know, I hope your next book is about authoritarians on the left and the right, because they're both on the left. Believe me, I'm working on that, yeah. (laughs) Oh, good, good. Uh, I I think that is so timely, because they're on both sides. And uh, that's the problem, is that we like our team's uh, intolerance, but we hate the other team's. And uh, we've got to move beyond that. Yeah, well, I hate my team's intolerance even more than the other team's intolerance because you know, right now, I am a Democrat and a liberal, and I am so opposed to where many in the Democratic Party and where people who used to be liberals are going. The woke movement, the radical movement, have done so much damage to, to America. You know, get Trump at all costs, and that means let the Constitution be damned, and that's not the American way. Yeah, the Democrats are now more illiberal than liberal. And right. those who don't know what that means, it's going to do a little research. They're, they're, they're very uh, lockstep ideologically to the point that uh, they will throw civil debate aside, which is what a society, a free society, is built on in order to pursue their agendas. But, but you know, the right, the right has their own crazies. I mean, it, it's a very yeah, strange world. Really one that a free society cannot uh, sustain itself for long, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think today we could have the Lincoln-Douglas debates. Half the country oh, no. would say we support Lincoln and we don't want to hear from Douglas. Half the country would say we support Douglas and we don't want to hear from Lincoln. People yeah. won't do what I used to do with Bill Buckley, the great conservative. We were on television. We had debates at Harvard. Um, we would debate vigorously, and then we'd go and have a drink afterward. That's no longer the case. People on Martha's Vineyard don't want to be in the same restaurant with me, don't want to be in the same uh, place as me. Uh, walk away when they see me on the beach. Um, that's not America. No. No. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, if I'm ever up in your neck of the woods, I'll take you out to dinner. Uh, I would love to, I'd love to uh, visit, even though we disagree in about 80% yeah, no, of the stuff. Course. Just looking at it. Unless hey, thanks so much, Chef Professor. Civilly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.